And last but not least, lawmakers in Albany are weighing legislation that would reform the state's cash bail and evidence discovery laws. Through what's known as its blindfold law, New York is one of just four states in the country in which prosecutors are allowed to withhold evidence from the defense until the start of trial. Unable to see the evidence against them or pay exorbitant bail bonds, prisoners often wait months, even years, before trial or else plead out. And here to talk to us more about these proposed legal system reforms, we're joined tonight by Nick and Kalada Mala. Nowski, uh, get that right? Okay, great. Uh, he's the civil rights campaign director for Vocal New York. And we're also joined by Vocal member Daryl Herring. Daryl spent 18 months in, Rik- in jail on Rikers Island awaiting trial before his case was dismissed. Uh, I want to say welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Daryl, let's, uh, let's start with you. Um, so why, don't, yeah, why don't we just begin... Tell us a little bit about what happened from the beginning. You were living in an emergency shelter in the Bronx when someone made an accusation? When the accusation was made against me, and the police stopped me and asked my name, and I told them what it was, and they handcuffed me and put me in the car. But before we can get from the, um, what's that, Morris Avenue to the Grand Concourse, they took the handcuffs off of me. So at that point, I, didn't, I knew I wasn't under arrest, but what they did was they detained me and went and did the investigation. And upon completing it, they um, they placed me under arrest, and they still knew that nothing happened, though. That's the whole thing that bothered me. Mm. Uh, you say they, they knew that nothing happened, but what happened next? You were you were arrested? You were taken to Rikers Island? Uh-huh. I was arrested. I was arraigned. I was taken to Rikers Island. Um, I, after I was arraigned, I think they gave me, like me $75,000 bail, which <laughs> I couldn't make. And I just sat on Rikers Island until the completion of the case. Yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's, that's quite a, a figure, uh, $75,000 bail. Um, what was your, your annual income uh, when, when they, they, they set that bail? Well, actually, I didn't have an income at that time because I was in the process of getting um, Social Security disability for my back because my back, I have a real bad back. Mm. So I had, no in- I had no income. I was getting HRA at that time. Mm. Human Resources Administration Welfare was taking care of me. Actually, they were taking care of me until my Social Security came through. Mm. And uh, maybe we'll take, we take a step back here for a second uh, before we continue with your story, Daryl. Uh, Nick, this is not unique. People, How many people are in Rikers right now locked up in pretrial detention for bails they can't pay? So across New York State, there's about 26,000 people today sitting in jails, um, the vast majority, 75, 76% of them, because they cannot afford the bail that's been been set in court. Uh, on Rikers Island right now, there's about 8,500 or so. Um, but both of those numbers um, in some ways misrepresent the issue because with jails, the real, the real thing is people are coming in and out all the time. So mm. every year in New York State, about 200,000 people go through jails. Uh, at the city, it's 50,000, 60,000, something like that. Mm. And... Um so, uh, Daryl, you're, you're, you're here, you're there at Rikers, um, you're awaiting trial, and uh, what, uh, what happens next? I understand that uh, prosecutors approached you with a plea deal offer. Yeah, they offered me uh, four years for an assault charge, mm. and I, I refused to take anything. And what was, uh, what were you looking at if you didn't plead out? Well, they gave me two A1 felonies, so I really don't know the totals. The, um, the, um, I don't know the, how how those go, but I had um, 
I went from a B salinate to two A one salinates, and I had every, actually had every category of saline you could have. So I really don't know what it would have been, but I never took anything, so I wasn't trying to hear that. I mean, that must have been pretty stressful uh, looking at probably a lot of time. I mean, if they're offering you four years as a deal, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they, they must have a lot more over on, over your head. Uh, what was it like being being locked up? Uh, facing these severe charges and, and not even knowing what kind of case they were building uh, while you were uh, in prison? It was frustrating because, one, I knew that nothing nothing really, nothing really happened that I was in there for, one. And two, the prosecutors wasn't worrying about getting to the, um, the evidence or the bottom of the case. All they wanted was a conviction. And at, at, I think it was 58 or 50, 59, one or two, I felt like at that age, if you really want me to have something, you have to give it to me because I'm not taking anything. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well put. I mean, uh, and let's talk, I mean, let, let's just broaden this perspective here for a second. We're talking about two laws that are really putting uh, you through the ringer here, Dale. And, and Nick, if you want to weigh in as well, um, there's uh, the, the cash bail set exorbitantly high. And then on the other end, there's something called the blindfold law, maybe just so... Uh, we can make that clear for listeners. Uh, what is the blindfold law? Sure. So New York State is one of four states in the country where prosecutors are allowed to, by law, withhold uh, evidence that they have against you, if they have evidence at all, right up until the day of trial. And one of the problems is that the way that the system works now is very few cases actually go to trial. So in New York State, about 95% of cases never go to trial. They're resolved through pleas, dismissals things like that. Uh, in New York City, it's even less. It's less than 1% of cases actually go to trial. So for the vast, vast, vast majority of cases, people are taking pleas, uh, working without ever seeing the evidence that's against them. Maybe see a little bit of evidence, but without ever seeing the full package that the prosecutors have. So uh, like I said, New York's one of only four states. It's a very antiquated law. It has not been updated in 40 years. And all that we are really asking for um, with the legislative change is that what, what information prosecutors have, they provide to everybody. There's no reason why the prosecutors have to be the gatekeeper of information. If the idea is to figure out what really happened, uh, they should provide what they have. In Daryl's case, the, all of the evidence in the case was actually exculpatory. So every piece of evidence in the case pointed actually to Daryl's innocence. And what was happening was the prosecutors were withholding that, trying to say, hey, we have a case against you. You should take this plea. You should take this plea. And Daryl you know, had the courage to each time say, no, I'm innocent. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, but I mean, as I understand it, the prosecutors had evidence, uh, video evidence contradicting contradicting uh, claims made against you, Daryl. They mm-hmm. they knew that the the person who made the accusation uh, was not on was uh, pr- prescribed psychological medication and was not on it at the time. Um, but I remember we were talking before the show, and, and you told me like you were originally angry at your accuser, but then something happened uh, that made you turn your anger in a different direction. Do you want to tell folks a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, what happened was once the prosecutor had gave me a 15-count indictment, then my, my anger switched from the person that my accuser to them because what I didn't know, or should I say I didn't like was the fact that they knew that I was innocent, and for them to, to, to go to that length, put on all those charges on me, it really angered me. It made me very upset. Mm. There's an old saying I've heard people use, uh, you, a, a grand jury would indict a ham sandwich. <laughs> and I think that, uh, in this case, is um, sadly uh, what, what happened. So, 
uh, uh, we're going to take a quick break in a moment, but I think folks should should understand uh, what kind of what kind of a toll did this again, folks? This is talking about eighteen months locked up in Rikers Island for a crime that Daryl did, did not commit. Uh, what what sort of toll did that take on you, um, Daryl? Well, it, psychologically, it was it was it was uh, uh, should I say a beatdown because it really hurt me. It stretched me out. There was many days that I couldn't sleep, and I ended up having to um, start taking medication because I just my balance was off. Mm. So the system that I put trust in wasn't really showing me any 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 continuity, or wasn't trying to be fair by me. So it hurt me. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that we have these uh, rights enshrined in the Constitution, and here we are in 2019, and uh, the people that that constitutional promise is not being lived up to here in the state of New York. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back to Daryl Herring and to uh, Nick here from Vocal. 